Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon. Located in Homewood, Alabama, Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their new online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest and innovative styling at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, we are in a lot of cosmic retrograde. Yes, Mercury, Venus, and many other planets as well. The light of the moon is growing with the blue full moon coming in next week. And we entered into the sun sign of Virgo, an earth element, helping us to ground all the many shifts, changes, and growth of summer. During these next few weeks, take some time to review your energy, clear away the old, make room for the new, as we say in retrograde, recycle, redo, review. Late summer can leave you feeling worn out and tired. The body is recovering from all the growth of the season and preparing for the fall ahead. If you don't work with the body to restore its energy, you may be feeling sluggish, no energy, craving sweets, nervous eating, and resisting change. Finding time for you is the place to begin. Getting quiet and spending time within yourself and Mother Earth is key. Noticing your connection to Mother Earth reflects a connection you have with yourself and vice versa. Are you too busy? Are you taking time for you? Are you honoring your own space to create a beautiful sacred home for yourself and or your family? Do you keep these practices secret? Or maybe you don't even have any spiritual practices. Ready to connect with this part of you? Learn spiritual tools and techniques. Tune into your intuition. Learn how to meditate. Schedule a spiritual makeover call with me. And let's talk about how you can honor the sacredness within you. Links are in the show notes. One of the things I've noticed about myself this summer, both kids getting married, coming back from the last trip to the Dreaming House in Teo, is that I am at a gap. The wheel of life is moving around for me, and I am at a place of allowing this next phase of my life to open up. I'm dreaming a new existence. Yet sometimes being in this gap can feel vulnerable and even lonely. Yet one thing that has been helping besides being outside on Mother Earth is meditation. I've added extra time for my practice, especially when I start to feel these emotions. By spending more time within myself, I am able to find an ease and an acceptance with where I am. Even a greater patience to allow the journey to unfold, which is the subject on this week's show with my guest, Dr. Bali. His latest book is Complete Book of Meditation. In this episode, we talk about the many ways meditation can help, a tool for self-love, commitment, pausing through your day, form, chakras, 
thoughts, addiction to your thoughts, and ways to discover the power of your own consciousness. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, center, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, bringing your breath all the way back down. Slowing down, centering. Inhaling, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, call all your energy into you. Call in your spirit. Feel the spiritual body right on top of the physical body. Taking another deep inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, dropping right into the heart, coming into the deepest part, feel that connection, your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known, know that you are loved. Feeling all this energy coming in around you, supporting you, guiding you. As we take this time to call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings, calling in your own spirit guides, feeling all this energy coming in around you, supporting you, taking a moment and noticing where are you on this great wheel of life. Here where I am, we find ourselves in the late summer energy, noticing the growth, Noticing the joy and the amusement that the season has brought in. Noticing where we are, a little overgrown, tired, worn out. And so taking this moment right now as we call in the directions to set an intention to the south, the west, the north, and the east, above you, below you, right into that deepest part of your heart, the God spot. Set an intention. Feel it, see it, hear it, know it and allow the elevated emotions to radiate out all around you, setting your energy. Taking another deep inhale, breathing into the heart. And as you exhale, just radiate out through your heart, shining your light. Feel the focus of the third eye energy. Feel the power of the solar plexus, your power. Taking one more deep inhale and exhale and as you're ready blinking the eyes back open coming back My guest today, Dr. Tabali, is a philosopher, speaker, and author specializing in mysticism, self-transformation, and Eastern thought. 
In his writings and teachings, he skillfully combines Western philosophy and psychology and Eastern philosophy and practice into powerful processes of inner transformation. He is also the developer of several meditation-based coaching and therapeutic methods. His numerous books have appeared internationally for the past three decades in 12 languages. His most prominent writings have been published by major publishers and two have won awards in the United States and in Israel. Several of his books have become bestsellers, inspiring many thousands on their inner journeys of mental, emotional, and spiritual evolution. So let us welcome Dr. Tabali to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you today. Yes, and I am excited to meet you and talk to you and hear everything that you have to say about meditation. And congratulations on your new book. It's a complete book of meditation. How exciting for you. Yes, an ambitious project. <laughs> it is a very, any book is a very ambitious one, but as much That's information correct. as you included, it definitely has become a very great project. And now it's out in the physical form. So congratulations on that. I would like to start and ask, what led you to meditation? How did you find meditation? Well, I, it all started in my early 20s. Uh, I think uh, I was uh, struggling with certain uh, uh, emotional uh, conditions, uh, such as fear, social fear, and but also also some existential questions that uh, troubled me, and uh, and this led me to my first form of meditation. I, I actually remember so vividly that that first night. Uh, when I uh, uh, held a, a book of meditation, it, 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 it's called the Meditation, of the First and Last Freedom by Osho, the 20th century spiritual teacher. And his, the, the poetic way in which he described the meditative state uh, simply um, thrilled me. So, and so they, this led me to this to a commitment to uh, to uh, to the spiritual life and to the meditative journey, and then I, I encountered transcendental meditation, the this mantra-based meditation, which was a very easy, very accessible way to to the world of meditation. So then my love affair started. This is my love affair with myself began. <laughs> Yeah. What did you begin to notice? Oh, well, I, I would say the first thing that, that, that I began to experience was was silence, was profound peace of mm. mind that that uh, separated me from uh, from my own habitual thoughts and emotions, so that I could actually observe them. I could distance myself from from them in order to return to them more empowered, more able to decide whether I would I want to identify or disidentify with them. I love that. I love that. Two things right there. Let's see if I can remember both. <laughs> One was that you <laughs> distanced yourself so that you could return to your thoughts. And I love that idea because so many right. people are addicted to their thoughts. Oh, but I love my thoughts. I love my thoughts. But I love that idea of like, let me just go away. Because in the second part was like, let me choose if I'm going to believe them. <laughs> let me choose which ones I want. I love that. I love that answer. Yeah. That, that's exactly the point. You, you know, I, when I am asked to describe what meditation is to me, I simply say meditation is taking a vacation from yourself, from your story and from the world. So it's simply taking a vacation from the world rather than instead of uh, visiting some exotic places on earth, <laughs> you are uh, uh, 
traveling into your own mind, into your own heart, and there you are, you are separating yourself, distancing yourself, but not in order to escape your trouble, daily troubles, not in order to, to deny them, but in order to be able to prepare yourself for action in the world. And this is, I think, one of the, of the reasons that people uh, are sometimes intimidated uh, or taken aback by, by meditation is that they, they think that this is all about denying the world or rejecting their life, whereas it is actually all about preparing you for action. It's the, the foundation for a right, sane, peaceful action in the world. Very interesting. That wasn't quite the answer I thought you were going to say, but I like your perspective on that, preparing you for the world. Because I think that if we can slow down and we can distance ourselves a little bit, we're going to come back to it in a different perspective. Perhaps that's what you mean, because I agree. It's not like we're going to, you know, take away anything. However, there is a lot of studies done that it can lower your blood pressure and it can make you feel better and it can really affect your health. So I do think that it will take away some of that stress and anxiety. I do think that. But what I find a lot of times, and maybe you can agree with this or not, but I find that people say, oh, I just can't meditate. I can't stop the thoughts. And I don't really think the idea is to stop the thoughts. It's it's actually the very opposite. It's stopping to try to control. You see, because what we do all the... Stopping to try to control. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Stopping to trying to control. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, because, because usually what we do all day long is that we try to to control our environment, to control our situation, to control the outcome of, uh, of or the consequences of our actions. And, uh, and meditation is the first time when you learn to be in a state of acceptance. Now, acceptance includes accepting your, your thoughts and emotions just as they appear. It's finally learning to, to remain uninvolved without any form of manipulation or effort. So meditation is actually the the state in which you are in in the least effort you could ever imagine. And since rejecting thoughts or trying to change their form is is certainly effortful, actually uh, almost impossible, this should not be a part of our meditation. Right. I think it is a state of less effort, uninvolved. It's like really kind of put pause in there. That's kind of how I like to see it. Yeah. And that pause can help to prepare you. Yeah. And I like the way that you started in your book. Like there is no need for instruction. Let's just be in this moment. And I think sometimes we try to make it harder than it needs to be. Exactly. Because sometimes meditation can be, you know, there is a a form of meditation in Buddhism called non-meditation. I love this term because it's basically the ultimate meditation. This simply means uh, not making any effort, being in the most effortless state. And even one minute of that can actually, uh, can actually um, bring you to, to this kind of beginning point, this zero point in you where there is no time, there is no space for a moment. So, so, even just one minute of that can be beneficial. We don't need to, to immediately uh, uh, turn to all the complex and complicated meditation techniques that, uh, that uh, are out there. No, I agree. I really do agree. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes it's like, okay, my mind's busy. 
you know, let me take a breath, just come back in, right? And sometimes it takes me a while to get through that. And I think sometimes people just give up. Like, oh, I can't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. But I think actually the hardest thing is committing. <laughs> committing to showing up each day, even if it is for a minute. I mean, it's actually a little trick I tell people is if you can't do it for your five or your 20 minutes, do it for one so that you don't break the habit. But I think that's the harder part is really committing to that. Yes, you know there, there is a, there is research that uh, that uh, uh, current research that shows that even five minute meditation a day can actually increase our ability to cope with with emotional challenges and and significantly reduce our stress level. So when we understand that, all we need to do is commit. But of course, when we hear uh, about commitment, once again we get this feeling of pressure or, or one more form of burden burden uh, in our life. And our life is so packed with pressures and duties and chores and must do. So I would say if we at least uh, embrace this, this uh, spirit of, uh, uh, of adventure, this spirit of uh, experimentation, wanting to, to, to experiment with certain, uh, certain new states to, to, to journey into myself, now, one thing that, that, that we can do is, is send ourselves uh, daily reminders via our phone. This means that, that we just we, we coach ourselves by sending ourselves the, these reminders. Now, take one minute of meditation. Just close your eyes. So you receive it. Your phone, which is usually the source of our agitation, <laughs> becomes actually our, our master. <laughs> It reminds us that it is time to to uh, to disengage from our daily activities. Yeah, good idea. I think it's important, and I think once we can start to get into that, and then the bigger part too is noticing, noticing how you're feeling, noticing the effects. Because I think as we start to have that reward, quote unquote, of feeling a little bit calmer, feeling a little bit more peace, then we start to see it. Although sometimes what happens is I see that some of my clients will start to feel better and better and forget <laughs> that was what got them there, right? And then all of a sudden they're back into their social media and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it is such a valuable practice. It really is. And I know for myself, there are several different meditations that I practice, several different types of meditation that I practice. Have you ever heard of the Ashaya's Ascension? Do, do I? Sorry? I the Ashaya's Ascension. No, I'm, I'm, Ashaya's I'm just writing him down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Ashaya's Ascension, a group of Ashaya's. I do believe it's kind of based on like a TM, but it's based on praise, love, and uh -huh. gratitude. And it is one of the techniques I've been doing now for, oh gosh, since the early 2000s. Oh. And it does, it takes away the anxiety and out of the nervous system and really brings you back to source energy. And there are a lot of other meditations I feel like this has been modeled on. But the point being, and what your book is showing us too, is that there are so many different kinds of meditations. And the mind sometimes needs to come at it from different ways. But I love that in the book that you really do start to break it down. And you even offer 15 purposes mm. of meditation. Mm. Yeah, what are a couple of those? Not to go through all of them, but what are a couple of the, the main purposes you would say? Yes, well, uh, I would say, first of all, it's all about, uh, it's all about uh, relieving our uh, existential tension uh, because we are experiencing a certain, a certain existential tension that uh, um, um, in our root chakra, which means that, that we feel the, this kind of, uh, of existential alertness. 
Then there is also a, a freedom from, from thoughts, creating a certain distance from, uh, from our thoughts. Then there is, of course, uh, uh, there is self-love. Self-love because, uh, you know, the, the 20th century yogi, uh, Yogananda, he said about meditation something so simple and yet so, so, so touching. Meditation is like giving a hug to yourself. So, so this is this is actually a form of healing. It's it's a part of our uh, of our self love uh, development of self love. Uh, then, then you know you have a point there. You have a point there with that yes. self love because sometimes people go, oh yeah, yeah, I do a lot of self love, but then when it comes to taking that time, like this is the way in which we can show ourselves self love. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Pause, exactly. Right? Because yeah. you're finally one yeah. with yourself. You finally can re rest in, in yourself without the self images and without how people look at you. You finally are one with yourself. So, so yes, then, then there is a, a meditation is, as, as, a, as an experience of completeness. You know that, that very often uh, we are looking for our other half in in romantic relationships we hope that that there would be someone that could complement us that could that could make us feel this kind of wholeness so in meditation we finally get to meet our our uh, uh, sought after uh, other half and we finally experience this kind of of wholeness and this actually uh, reduces our desperate need for completion, for external completion. So, so that's our true soul. Exactly, exactly. That that's beautifully said. Yes, yes, yes. And I do think it's so important. And I know for me, I know when I start to get a little lonely or wishing I was something else, it's like, okay, stop, stop. You know, usually in the afternoon, stop. Let's take a break, right? And let's just take it down a notch. You know, and spend. I'll put my little timer on my phone, you know, 20 minutes and go for it. But I think it's important that we really learn that we can. And in so many ways, and in your book also, and you keep going on with the purposes. Thank you. But <laughs> let them read the book for the rest because they are so important. They really are. But I do, I do love that you really, you go through the chakras mm -hmm. and you give us ways to work with each of the chakras, different meditations, and really help us to really go into those energy centers, which I think is even more effective when we come into meditation with intention of that sort. Right, right. Uh, first of all, I'm, I, I use chakras as because I believe I'm a great believer in chakras. Uh, for me, chakras are the, the ultimate map for navigating our inner world, our spiritual development, our emotional maturation process, and uh, and even even a, a way uh, to to uh, handle or to uh, to to create a, a, the, the the ultimate or most comprehensive lifestyle. Now, the, the so so I'm, I use chakras as a way to classify all the classical meditations of the world into seven different categories, uh, each one uh, um, with its own purpose or it, with its own primary purpose. But in terms of, of how chakras are affected by meditation, chakras uh, are immediately uh, entering a state of, of peace and a state of optimal functioning as soon as we enter meditation. And 
since chakras are the, the receptors that that uh, that that uh, receive that absorb our uh, absorb, absorb prana or cosmic life force as soon as we enter meditation they are able to absorb life force in uh, in an optimal way which means that we're beginning to to immediately feel nourished as if we have uh, uh, plugged our being into the cosmic socket I love that. Yeah, because each of the chakras has a consciousness. And so as you start to breathe into it, it also allows that chakra, its own consciousness to do the work it needs to. And then we keep that intent going. I love that. I love that. idea. Exactly. Exactly. So because, of course, certain meditations can affect certain chakras, but we should understand that in general, the, the way to balance, the ultimate way to balance our, our chakra system as a whole is meditation. But if we want to, to, to unlock a certain chakra, we can choose a particular meditation. For instance, you can think of loving kindness meditation, the very well-known Buddhist meditation in which we learn to challenge the boundaries of our heart. This is naturally a meditation that awakens the dormant capacities of our heart chakra. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so you have both effects going on, the meditation itself and the chakra, the way in which it actually works in the consciousness of our own energy field. Yeah, I love that so much, yeah. What would you say is one main tip you can give someone to begin a meditation practice? Well, I would start by by recommending that that we begin with intention. It's, uh, it's sometimes overlooked. We just enter our meditation, meditative practice, and we hope for the best, <laughs> you see. But we actually, we don't realize the, the extent to which our intention, the direction we give or the, or the purpose or the meaning we give to our practice affects the, the, the outcome or depth that, that, we, that we can actually attain. So what do you want to achieve? Or what do you want to, to realize through your, through your practice of meditation? Then you, you bring, you gather your forces and you gather your intention and you enter with a certain, with a certain uh, uh, directed mind and directed heart. This helps you to, to be far more focused in your practice. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Do you think it's important that we sit up, that we lay down, that we walk? I mean, what do you think there's an important form or just more do it? No, the, I think the important form is the, is the form that we love. Because, uh, because for me, meditation, as I, as I said at the very beginning of, of, our, of our talk, meditation is a love affair. Meditation is not an effort. It's not something that you should do. It's something that, that, that your heart should be excited to, to do and that your mind should be exper uh, uh, happy to experiment with. So, and, and that's why actually the, the, this book includes 35 meditations, uh, each of which ha has a very different form of practice. In some of them we walk, in some of them we dance, in some of them we laugh, in some of them we pray. Because sometimes uh, a, a profound meditation can, can be experienced as a result of sincere prayer. It's just a matter of intention. We, if we pray in a, in a conventional way, this might, may not lead us to a meditative state. 
But if we, if we enter our prayer with the intention of bringing ourselves to, to communion with ourselves, with our true nature, with the nature of, with the essence of life, our prayer will take us very far. So, so it's, it's, meditation is a celebration and we should, we should enjoy it and we should uh, be happy uh, to, uh, to experiment and to try the different flavors. Perhaps some of us, for, for me, for instance, I meditate uh, in, the, in the happiest way when I walk with my eyes open. That's my meditation, observation. I simply look at everything and I meditate. I agree, yeah. So, so, even, so even this kind of, of serene-looking, a, a, a lotus-seated figure that we always have in our mind when we think of meditation, this <laughs> sitting with, a, with a, uh, these hand gestures and all that, even that, this is just an image. That was actually how I first started to learn to meditate. I don't know. I picked up a book and it was like, sit there and don't move and the hands are held. <laughs> and I think it was even watching a candle. Don't blink. You know, it was like, don't right. move. But it was like it became part of a chore. So I love that you said that there's so many forms, whether it's dancing or walking, putting that intention there can just be so powerful. I really think that's so important for everyone here, because all the time I get people to say, oh, but I can't meditate. I tried it. It doesn't work for me. What would you say to that? Well, first of all, I, I would say that meditation is a relationship, and in any relationship, we accept that that there are that there are sometimes you know where uh, uh, ups and downs, and sometimes we go through certain difficulties and certain conflicts, and sometimes we 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 get confused or we want to 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 get up and leave and slam the door, and sometimes we sometimes we return, and we, it's it's a relationship with ourselves. It's actually, it, it is perhaps our first time that we are in entering a relationship with ourselves. Therefore, it is perfectly fine. We shouldn't be afraid of having, uh, having some difficulties. This, this is a part of our practice, not moving away or, or neglecting our practice or being thrown out of our practice. So when we begin to say, yes, it's not a problem that, that now I'm distracted or... It's, or, or now I'm, I'm in conflict with my practice, or I'm angry at it, or I want to leave it. It's a part of it's a part of uh, learning about how, what are the causes of my restlessness, for instance. What makes me uh, irritated or agitated? What 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 brings me into conflict? What what thoughts am I identifying with that 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 pull me out of of peacefulness? So if I embrace meditation as a form of self-learning, I get to know myself, then I, I wouldn't have this kind of perfect image of having no thoughts, no emotions. Everything is perfect throughout the entire practice. This is not how meditation goes. It's a process. It's an unfoldment. It's a, it's a, it's a learning. Yeah, I agree. It's a learning. It slows us down. Like you said before, that zero point. I often say this too. Like, I know if I'm moving too fast, I need to just slow down. I need to bend some time, right? Because I think when we do, we can have that experience of time. We really can. The world is so fast, right? Exactly. Exactly. The world is so fast. And actually, it's, I think it's accelerating. And, uh, and to me, I, I think that, that only... Only by being able to, to step out of this uh, uh, acceleration, of this pace, 
And to have this kind of ground where nothing happens, at least to even have a taste of it, keeps me sane. <laughs> you see, at, at the time of the, uh, of, uh, of the corona, the, the, uh, the pandemic, I, I was looking at the world uh, in, in, in this state of havoc, in this state of turmoil, and I thought to myself, how on earth are they managing without meditation? Because when you have meditation, you have this kind of unchanging ground, so you are able to embrace change. You see, you are able to embrace even even uh, uh, the greatest greatest upheaval. You are finding yourself at, at those moments when everyone freaks out, when everyone becomes confused and disoriented, and you and you are there. And just as you learn to embrace your uh, changing thoughts and emotions and moods in meditation, you are also able to embrace uh, life's life changing moods, life's ups and downs. So, that, so this is how we train ourselves to, to be more e equipped to face life's changes. I agree 100%. I really do. I agree. I think it's so valuable and so needed. And yeah, I really do. And so I think your book is so timely right now. What is your mission? What is your hopes for the book? <laughs> well, I just hope that, that people will, uh, will uh, want to, to experiment with the world of meditation and to be able to, to, to start identifying or choosing the right meditation for them at each stage of their development. And, some, and sometimes be really playful and just open the book with closed eyes and say, let's, let's see what meditation comes out for me today. And, and to, to have this kind of spirit of experimentation and playfulness until we finally uh, uh, are able to fall in love with the process of meditation and from there, uh, uh, we, I think we are already guided, you see, because, because our innate intelligence uh, wakes up and begins to, to show us the way. We no longer need uh, external guidance in terms of now follow this traditional meditation, now focus on candlelight. <laughs> We just, we just know our heart tells us this is your next meditation. Delve into it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I do. I don't think it has to be as hard as we tend to want to make it. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, how exciting. The book does have so many different meditations. It talks about so many different things. I highly recommend it, especially if, you know, you are new to meditation or you want to learn more. I think it will be a great way. It's a comprehensive guide to effective techniques for calming your mind and spirit. Definitely. Where would you like for me to direct my listeners to find your book, to find your work? Well, the book is uh, is really everywhere. I think it's uh, it's at uh, bookstores and uh, and online uh, everywhere. Um, people are invited uh, to uh, to visit my official website, which is uh, shaitubali s h a i t u b a l i dot com, and uh, there uh, they can find many uh, blog entries and uh, and uh, uh, upcoming events and so on. And, uh, and they are invited also to visit my YouTube channel, also under my name, which contains, contains hundreds of guided meditations and uh, uh, videos uh, explaining about how we can integrate the spiritual 
and meditative perspective into our daily life. So I, th I think I think the, the YouTube channel is the is the best place to start. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be sure to have the links in the show notes for sure. Yeah, well, it's been such a great conversation. I do like to come back and just kind of ask the question. We've kind of talked about it, but how would you say that the work that you're doing through meditation can help to empower the spirit right now? Well, I would say I would say that that uh, we we usually de depend on the world in order to to uh, receive certain certain emotional gratification. In meditation, you are finally able to give it to yourself. You become the source of your own grace, the source of your own emotional abundance. So you finally don't depend on the world. That's, I think, freedom. <laughs> it is freedom. You become the source. It really is. Yeah, I exactly. love that. Yeah. Well, thank exactly. you so much for joining us today. Good luck with your book. I so appreciate all the work that you're doing and helping us all to learn to really return to that source within. Thank you so much to your spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. <laughs> Namaste. Yes. Finding gratification with the self instead of searching out there is so freeing. You become your own source of freedom and peace. There are so many ways to meditate. If one way doesn't work for you, be curious and try something else. But most important, make a commitment to show up for you each and every day. The world moves fast. The power is in slowing down. All of the link for Dr. Tabuli's work is in the show notes. And if you are ready to learn spiritual tools, including meditation, reach out and schedule a spiritual makeover breakthrough call with me. I would love to chat with you. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terri Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Namaste.